Wilson, like a cork in the ocean over his head. Marking contest over the top, Subic's great grab. Across the ground, bam, in comes Donny Wurzlow. Got it out to a oh. kick, kick smothered, check, Hunter. Who would have thought the sequel would be just as good as the original? Kicks inside 50, McGovern, McGovern, what a player. Shake needs to be in perfect the premiers of 1992. The 1994 Talk about in a moment. That's uh, a little bit of a developing story throughout the show. We'll get to later on in the show. Uh, Bender, back on the show, mate. Nice to see you. Thank you for for joining us once again. Yeah, thanks for having me again. It's uh, good to be back on. Lots to talk about this week, I feel like. Busy week. It's always a busy week. But uh, yeah, it's really, this This seems like we're looking to the future now and, and it's a fair bit to unpack. So we'll get into that. If you're watching us live, thank you very much for joining us. Jump in the comments. Uh, let us know if there's any tech support issues as well, because I've got a little error message here that I've never seen before in my life. So uh, let's see how things go with that. That's the magic of live theatre. If you're listening to us as well after the fact, Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, whatever you're on, appreciate the listen. Thank you for joining us that way as well. Leave a comment, leave a review when you can. Bender, shall we get into the footy then? Let's just get stuck straight in. The West Coast Eagles, eight goals, five, 53 were defeated by Carlton 17-14-116. This was a truly bizarre game of football. If they made a Hollywood movie of this movie of this game, you'd just say, well, no, that's weird. What a bizarre script. How could anybody come up with that? The Eagles didn't fire a shot for the first quarter. Second quarter, they were amazing. Third quarter was an arm wrestle. You're setting up an f- absolute you know, grandstand finish. Fourth quarter, no, I didn't fire a shot either. We are the first club in a century to not score in the first and fourth quarter. What... Just what? What? What was that? Uh, it was it was frustrating, wasn't it? Like from the gap between best and worst, it's just in, in showing mm. in that single game. You know, and it's not in week to week; it was quarter to quarter. Um, can I just say I've had enough of being of the Eagles being part of Swamp Thing's tweets for one season, like for the wrong reasons. You know what I mean? If we were up and about, then oh my, then that would be fantastic. All but the time, it's not even obviously. It, uh, you know, we just keep getting included. Killing me. Mm, no. Not fantastic, but well, yeah, you're right. That, that second quarter, that's, you know, go ahead. Sorry, I think we're on a bit of a delay here. I think there's a bit of good tech support that we're going to have to push our way through. So I was just saying, Swamp Thing, there was a very strange one today about first club to use 47 players in the AFL era. And, you know, you go back to the 80s and then to war times prior to that to see that much usage. You, you bang on. Like, I'm sick of hearing about where the Eagles sit in history. Let's just, a nice, quiet, under-the-radar week could be all right. Yeah, for sure. And to be any in any list that is dominated by St Kilda is just definitely not a good thing. <laughs> Absolutely. So, look, get to the Carlton game. And like you say, sums up the Simpson era almost, you know, or certainly the last couple of years. The gap between our best and worst footy over the last few years has been the headline. It's been the cause for concern. And now we're seeing it, like you say, not week to week, but quarter to quarter. First quarter was a disgrace. Second quarter, they got a standing ovation as they left the field. Where do we find some semblance of continuity or synergy or just some happy medium? How is it so zero or 100? It's bizarre. Yeah, big time. And especially that, you know, it's the, the, 
the old kind of saying that we we ha- we'd spend all our tickets getting back into the game, you know, and then when the game was there to be won, we had nothing left. So if they kind of balanced it out, you know, and and spread it out over that, that instead of starting from behind for a whole thirty minutes, who knows how the game could have gone? But you could just see they were done by the time the fourth. They were they were basically on their haunches or standing flatted foot or for the entire of the fourth quarter. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, a comment from Jay here. Well, first of all, we've got a comment about the matching hats. Got the blue and gold on uh, on fine display here. So I like that. It's good synergy, podcast synergy. Comment here from Jay saying, Nash and Dixon in danger of being delisted. I think we'll talk about, loosely, we'll talk about list management a bit later on because we are going to circle around. There's a bit of news around Simo or maybe news, maybe it's nothing, but we'll talk about the future uh, sort of in the midway of the podcast. So stay tuned, Jay, for that one there. Just with the Carlton game, like you say, that fourth quarter that was a team that was beaten, that was gassed. They'd given everything. They Honestly, they could have taken the lead. That third quarter, they missed a few opportunities to really put it on the scoreboard and, and come into the fourth quarter firing. But I'm less frustrated about a team having the fitness base and, and letting go of the rope and letting it all slip away, you know, given where we are. Okay, it wasn't pleasant. There's a few Blues fans around me getting stuck in. Not the ideal way to spend a weekend, but is what it is. It's that first quarter, though. How do you have, we did against Adelaide as well, how do you have a team that comes out and is happy to just have goal, 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 goal put against them? We did similar against the Giants from memory. We're shooting ourselves out of football games before we even get started. And this was on the back of a series of weeks that had people relatively positive in the scheme of where we've been at. You've got to wonder how much of it is between the ears. If that's happening, you know, there, there's no a full quarter of footy to get run over like they mm. did. There's there's absolutely zero reason to, for it to happen other than for it to be mental. The 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 ability is there in the next quarter. They're just obviously not up for the fight from the very beginning. So, you know, then and then playing catch up footy just doesn't work. Not not every week. And you know, so no. look, it's it's frustrating, but but it was it was good to see like that quarter of football was probably my one of my favorite quarters of footy for the year, the second quarter. You know, it was it was exactly outstanding. But yeah, you know, the like you said, the, the gaps there and they gotta work on that. That's it. I mean, so that second quarter, uh, I'll try and find where I've pulled up the stats here. What did we do? Seven goals, three. And enter the break, zero, zero. And then you finish at halftime at seven goals, three. Again, another one where almost they could have had more. You can't get too picky with a quarter like that, but could have almost had a couple more and playing good footy, attacking the corridor. Even in the first quarter, we've talked about Jermaine Jones a lot on the show before, Bender, and it's okay. He was running himself into trouble and, and biting off a little bit too aggressive kicks, but there's a guy there that wants to take the game on and wants to go corridor. Second quarter, that was everything. No more using the boundary, no more long kicks down the line. It was burst off half back, kick it into the center circle, link up, run from behind, handball receives, all of that stuff that we've wanted to see. It's in there somewhere, and I know it's going to be a long journey to see it week to week, but uh, I guess are we doing small wins? Are we doing similar small wins and saying it's <laughs> nice to see that it's in there at least? Yeah, that's it. And, and I think with... Uh, in the first quarter turnovers with, with Jones, he's obviously been told, run it and kick it long. But mm. the, it mm. feels like the, the Eagles forward line isn't up to to that level yet. So he's got nothing to kick it to. So he's he's kind of stuttering and he's dropping it or he's, he's you know, second-guessing himself when he gets to the centre to try and kick it. And then the ball turns over and, and, a, and a goal's kicked. So it's like, he, you know, they've, they've, they've decided what they want to do from the back half, but they're still lacking that fitness or, or knowledge. And that's it, if you want. And the structure's not right for it. Because as you say, there's a lot of times he's getting it and he's got some good pace up. There's someone behind him, but we know he can outrun him or he can certainly get a kick away. And then suddenly 
okay, shit, who am I kicking it to? Now I've got to take on the tackler. Now it's a turnover in the middle, things yeah, like that. exactly. We've talked about it before. You can't get mad at the people that are trying to make things happen. It's about the rest of them. If it's effort, if it's mental, if it's coaching, which we'll come back around to later on, and if they're not adequately prepared, adequately set up, whatever it might be. Uh, let's do some other positives, I suppose, from the game because by the time that that fourth quarter ended, it was a really low day. It was just an absolute shocker. But middle quarter, you know, second quarter, third quarter, that little middle period there, even at three-quarter time, you were like, okay, there's a game here. There were comments in Big Footy, like in the game day thread saying, you know, I don't mind if we don't win as long as we don't completely let go of the rope, which, spoiler alert, I'm very sorry to say that we did. But, I mean, look, what about this? A guy like Shannon Hearn, fantastic game from him. Duggan needed to bounce back in a big way, and he was everywhere. He was tackling. He was laying blokes out, which was great to see. Um, Jones, we've talked about a little bit. Waterman, again, I thought had another nice outing, building a nice little month there. There's some stuff. There was the key back versus key forward matchup, which we'll get into in a bit. But I guess there were some complete unmitigated positives from it where you go, yep, that was a tick. It's just not quite enough, and it's just sort of where we're at, I guess. Yeah, that's it. Uh, the fullback and full forward matchup then, Bender, take it away, because we had Barras, we had Edwards, and we knew they were going to have a bit of a long day. They've both had five goals kicked on them, however you want to slice it. You know, there's, there's been 10 goals kicked by the key forwards on the other side. So yeah, is it all their fault? Is it the system? Obviously, little bits and pieces, I'm sure. But what did you take away from those matchups? Uh, look, I, I, I was worried when they brought Edwards in because, you know, I thought he probably, he's not quite fleet of foot like Kerno is. Kerno is fast. Do you know what I mean? And mm. he's faster than most key backs. And that, that's just, I don't think we have a key back that can run with him. But the, the fact is, I think Edwards, I, look, I expected him to get exposed, but probably not as bad as he did. And not, not Mackay to get the same sort of, you know, the amount of goals. But it just kind of felt like the sort of space for them to move into. There, there was nothing that, well, not a lot that Barras or, or, um, or Edwards could do if they couldn't keep up with him because there was no one mm. in front to kind of chop off the kick in. So it was just... Apparently one on one, they were out marking them, kicking goals, and it was just a flood. Uh, I'm on a different angle tonight. Don't mind it. Apparently, this is apparently this is my good side. I didn't realise I was on a different angle. I've knocked my camera at some stage <laughs> in the week. Apologies for that. Uh, Miguel joining us on Facebook, and look, I apologise. It looks like we're not going out to Twitter, which I'm not sure why. I think that's what the error message was. For some reason, it, it's not lining up tonight. So uh, apologies for that. But Facebook, Twitch, we're still here. Hopefully, you can catch it on the podcast afterwards. Uh, Miguel Sanchez has joined us on the comments section. He thought Edwards was good when he stayed back shoulder with his opponent. Too often he zones off and gets beaten, and that's, I suppose, a thing. It's been lobbied at Brass as well. It's been lobbied at McGovern at times, depending on, you know, when you're, when you're, is he the third man? Is he meant to be responsible? Whatever it might be. You go through, Bender, you go through the AFLCA, coaches' votes here, nine votes to Kerno. Seven votes for De Koning, which, again, bloody hell, that was a matchup I was not expecting to halve, let alone lose. Yeah. I thought that would be a big, big win for us, and it wasn't. So seven votes to Koning. Uh, Matthew Kennedy, five votes. Patrick Cripps, five votes. Harry Mackay, three votes. That's the story right there. There's your game. A single vote, one vote for the West Coast Eagles, Shannon Hearn, a great man, played probably his best game in, in some time. And there were rumblings last week about him going around again. Bender, I'm not sure that I want it, but at least it's nice to see him playing good footy. He's, he, look, in the past probably two, three weeks, he's really stepped it up um, and it's kind of left us questioning what's going to happen if he did retire, you know, if he didn't follow, go on mm. another year, we're kind of left without not only his ability but his leadership, um, but he's been outstanding um, and he was without a doubt our best on in the game just gone. 
but yeah, yeah. Look, with, without him, yeah, it's it's a worry. Put it that way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and they try. We'll talk about it when we get to the Hawks game. Obviously, Jai Cully to debut, but I saw a stat today that they've debuted everyone and, and played everyone. Everybody that has been eligible to play, as in not out for the season injured, has played a game this season. So it's not for lack of trying. They've given Rotham stretches of games. Foley was back in on the weekend. There's guys there that are getting a run around, but, you know, Shannon Hearn's Shannon Hearn. It's going to be hard to replace. Uh, Miguel in the comments saying Twitter will probably come online for the second and third quarters of the podcast, then drop out again. I love that. Love that. But this is the great quality comments you <laughs> get from good. Miguel. You almost wonder why he's not on the show. Uh, Bender, one absolute <laughs> positive, great result, great moment. Josh Kennedy's kicked his 700th goal for the Eagles. Kicked his 700th for the league for his career in a bad loss to Richmond. 700th against Carlton, the side that, let's say, didn't want him. Let's just say that. It could have been so nice. It could have been such a fairy tale, but still a very good, uh, still a very good moment nonetheless. Yeah, I feel, and I feel like they dropped the ball a bit, teammates and and the Eagles themselves, when he kicked his 700th for the league. I don't think there were people, obviously, it was like you said, it was a crappy loss to Richmond and teammates didn't mm. get around him. There wasn't the whole fanfare. So it was, I think they made sure that they had everything ready. Um, even mm. Maston got off the bench for a hug, which is not surprising. Amazing. He's obviously been a, the team cheerleader, you know, so it was good to see him out there. Um, but yeah, it was a, yeah. it was a fantastic moment for one of my all-time favorites. It was awesome. Uh, I forget, was it Scoey? Somebody said in the week, I forget who it was, but somebody said, you know, for one of the greats and then threw up in the brackets, maybe the greatest. Where do we sit on that? Just while we add a little bit of positivity into proceedings before we get into our buy, sell, hold. Maybe the greatest. I mean, the resume, obviously there's not going to be a Brownlow on there or anything like that, or didn't get a Norm Smith, I suppose, but. Yeah, where does he sit? As a cult figure, I think he's pretty much number one. As you mean, greatest West Coast, obviously. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, look, he's yeah, he's he's definitely up there. I think. Well, look, he's definitely our greatest and forward of centre. You know, there's no question. Mm. When you got Matera and in the conversation as well, it's a little bit tough. But he's definitely, like you said, cult figure and top bloke, and he's just never stops giving in everything that he's got. Just you cannot question his endeavor. So, but yes, amazing. Nicely done. Uh, let's get into our buy, sell, hold then. And thanks for all the positivity. You can sort of check your coat at the door because I reckon we might be moving a little bit away from that train of thought. Shall we start <laughs> with a buy just to have some little fleeting positivity in this part, or, or what, do, what do we reckon? Who's your buy for the week, Bender? Um, yeah, look, it's, it's probably, it, it was initially off the top of my head. I went for the obvious one in Hearn, but I think you mentioned another good one, which is Waterman. I think he's put in a solid maybe month or five weeks of, of mm. consistent form, nothing outstanding and nothing poor. He's just, you know, he's kicked a couple of really good goals each game. He's linked up well. Um, and I think that's all we want from him. You know, we don't expect him to be our, our next big thing need a solid, consistent player, and he was that, I thought, in the game on the weekend. Um, and he, even then, and it's on the back of, like you said, a, a good good month or so of, of decent form, which has been great. A cracking set shot for goal as well. You know, he, he draws criticism sometimes on big footy, and uh, I understand that for whatever reason. It's tough when you're a bit of a fringe player. But he had one second quarter, 40 out, 45 out, something like that, and it's just dead straight off the boot, kicks the absolute leather off it, so... Good stuff. Good game from Waterman. Liked him for the last month. Absolutely. Uh, my buy 
is a very backhanded compliment of a buy, and it's because it's in the stock market you're meant to buy low. And I don't know that Ryan's Liam Ryan's stock can get any lower than it is right now. So I'm going to get it on the ground floor. I'm going to say I'm going to buy Liam Ryan, and then as he builds up in the back half of the year, maybe it'll look like a wise investment because tell you what, he needs to lift. It was it, if it's not staging for the free kicks a few weeks ago, it was just a complete disappearance on the weekend. And you know he's got it in him. We obviously know he's one of the best forwards on any given day when he's on, when he's off, Jesus, three touches disappeared. Last couple of weeks, it's just been diving around the place, trying to get a cheap one. Buy low, hope that it pays off. And uh, yeah, we'll go from there. Hopefully it's a big boost for the portfolio. Who is your hold for the week, Bender? Uh, so I'm, I've, I've, last week, my Duggan was my lease. He's now my hold after that performance. Nice. Um, yep. he, he applied backline pressure that we haven't seen in terms of ground ball pressure for, for a few weeks. Um, he yep. smashed a couple of big, important tackles. Um, I think his biggest problem is knowing his limitations on his kicking. Um, if he can not try and kick the leather off the ball and just try and kick something a little bit closer, then I think he's that's if he can keep within his limitations, he'll be a much better player. But I thought he had a, a great game, and I hope he can build on it. Absolutely. And we've seen him be a vital cog before, as we have, I suppose, with a lot of these guys. But... He owed us. We were talking last week about maybe go to the waffle, play in the midfield, get your hand on the footy a bit more. But no, no, he looked good. Looked solid down back. So you can see why they've backed him in. Uh, fun stat yeah. in the comments here. Liam Ryan had fewer possessions than Carlton's debutante sub who played half a quarter. Different definitions of fun, I think, because that's a pretty shit stat. My hold is going to be Harry Edwards. It is opportunity. You know, we, we know where we're at. We're going to keep coming back to that. We're in a phase where we need to explore our list, see what we've got, build for the future. Turns out that really gangly, scrawny key backs sometimes get thrown around a bit. They have some bad days. He's had good days. The good days are a little bit in the rear vision mirror, which is a bit of a worry, but keep backing him in. It's better that he just learns to play against AFL forwards than goes down and gets a world record amount of marks in the waffle. That doesn't really help him too much, I wouldn't have thought. So keep playing him, get the opportunity. I don't know that it's going to work. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. But I watched Darren Glass play footy for a few years early on and just thought, this is the worst player I've ever seen in my life. How is he getting picked? Sometimes it clicks. Sometimes, you know, Eric McKenzie can't kick a footy either and he was one of the best. So we'll wait and see. We'll see what happens. I'm just just going to hold my uh, my Harry Edwards stock for now as well. Who are you selling this week? Well, you can buy my stocks in Ryan. I I have nothing more to add than what you have. Um, Yeah, he's my legitimate, you know, my favourite player to watch and mm. I'm being fairly disappointed for him for a while now. Um, but yeah, so you can have all my stock in him and hold on to it till hopefully uh, he goes up in, in value towards the end of the season. Excellent. Look at that, making a huge loss, but uh, it'll come good. I, I swear it'll come good. Uh, my sell is Andrew Gaff, 30 touches on the weekend. I don't recall really any of them. The one that I definitely recall was he had, might have been Ryan, in fact, it was Ryan. First quarter, he had Ryan almost with the entire 50 to himself. All you have to do, Gaffy, kick it on your right foot. Don't need to hit him on the tip. Just put it in a general 30-meter sphere of where Liam Ryan is. What does he do? Oh, shit, I can't. Oh, well, I, no, I better stop. Handballs it to Shannon Hearn. Hearn, by the way, had stopped running. Hearn was pointing out how open Liam Ryan was. So he's run alongside, stopped, pointing, go kick it on, kick it on. Nah, handball to Hearn. Hearn gets caught. Think it went down the other end for a goal, but rightly, it really doesn't matter. Who cares? I have flip-flopped on Gaff for so long as to whether I think he could still do a job for a better team. I think, you know, his the form and the fitness and the maybe he's injured, maybe he's not, that's one thing. 
I've always wondered, is he still able to be a good winger for a good team? If you put him on Melbourne, does he look like Andrew Gaffervold? I'm out on him now. I think he's just done. It's unfortunate. I hope he gets a good reception for game 250, which is not far away because I think he's deserved it over his career, but it's done. And if we could eat some money and get a halfway usable pick for him, which again, I don't think is likely, but if you tell me we have to cop half of his salary and we get pick 40 out of it, I've done. Do it. Let's go. Let's get it. I'm uh, I'm, I'm out on Andrew Gaff, unfortunately. Uh, here we go. Comment here. That wasn't the it's only attack state of change. affairs. No, it is. Terrible, yeah, because he was one of the best and he was one of our most vital cogs. That wasn't the only ta- attacking chain Gaff watched on Sunday either in the comments here. Great. Happy to hear it. <laughs> like, pretty grim reading and uh, pretty grim time. <laughs> All right, Bender, let's get into the news of the week. And it's a big talking point. All week leading up to this, and then right before we've come on air, your best mate, Kim Hagdorn, has dropped a bit of a bombshell on us. Is it right? Is it wrong? History suggests it's probably wrong, but broken clock can be right and all of that sort of stuff. Adam Simpson allegedly contracted until 2025. Now, everybody's talked about he'd signed his extension. The Eagles said it took him to the end of the 2024 season. Simo's gone on radio this morning in response to some North chat. Will he, won't he go to North? He won't. Uh, and he said something, what was it? Was it, I've still got three years to go or I've got three more years to go or something like that. It was a comment like that. Hagdorn's cut the clip off, slammed the button. The alarms have gone off, breaking news, three more years. So that's 23, 24, 25. Bender, is this anything? Is this nothing? Are they just misinterpreting it? Uh, I think Hagdorn is doing the standard Hagdorn thing where he is just trying to grab a click wherever he can and he's jumped on it. And I think Simo has flippantly said, I've got three years, meaning I've got six rounds left in the season or however many there is, five yeah. rounds left in the season, and four years after that, as the Eagles have announced. you know, they've, they, Their official announcement was to 2024. Um, I think he's just jumping on that for the sake of it, um, you know, because it's topical, one, because we're doing terrible, and two, because of the coaching situation at North, and he's just jumped on it. But, yeah, I think that's all there is to it. I'll be surprised if there is. Um, but, you know, like you said, broken clock, who knows? We'll wait and say I have professed my love for Ryan Daniels many times on this show and I'll continue to do so as well. Even news that other journos break, if it's good info and if it's accurate, he'll pop it on his Twitter feed or he'll, you know, reword it and put his own little spin on it, whatever it might be. Nothing. Radio silence on this. And, you know, you're telling me Channel 7 Sport Journo doesn't at least get a notification like, oh, there's a bit of chat around this. I'm just going to ask the question. Anyway, I think it's nothing. Shall we do the North stuff then? I mean, I can do my take on this in a sentence. He's not going. But Adam Simpson to North, smoke, fire, nothing? Uh, slow news week. But some, well, you think they'd have enough <laughs> with Noble getting fired. But, you know, they're, they're, just, they're just jumping on it simply, again, for, for the click's sake. And, and I think we all, even earlier in the year, I made the comment of, uh, you know, if Noble goes, we'll... Um, North goes straight for Simo, and it's just it's just the romance of the idea that a former club great, you know, who's had success at another club could come back and steer the ship back in the right direction. I don't think there's anything more to it than that, and and everyone's jumping on it. But there is, like you said, from the Ryan Daniels talk, how there, there seems to be a portion of the media that are saying North uh, have approached him, but it's not actually North mm. Melbourne. It's just kind of former maybe people that are involved with the club or ex-players that have said, you know, would you consider going to North? You know what I mean? Mm, exactly. But you know, I think there's there's nothing in it, um, and I don't. And, and the Eagles and him have said so as well, and I, I tend to believe it. 
as naive as that might be, but I think it's true. Yep, I agree with that. So I suppose with that, where does it leave Simpson? Well, let's assume that Hagdorn is wrong because it's a great assumption to make. And let's assume that the club is telling the truth and that he's not going to North. That leaves Simo, as far as we can tell, contracted until the end of 2024. Uh, they've said a few times that we need to see improvement next year. And you almost get the sense, Bender, that he's getting a bit of a free pass given AFL record number of player usage and COVID and all this sort of stuff. Whether that's right, whether that's wrong, feel free to have your say on that as well. But uh, I suppose where does this leave Simo for the last five or six rounds? Where does this leave Simo for next year? Is it the sort of thing where you think, he's got some benchmarks he has to hit in your mind or is it just a vague sense of I want to see some improvement in this area or that area? Uh, look, I think he he needs to show... Well, he needs to give players a run and I think he's starting hmm. to do that. When he has, well, some of it, he has no choice, but he needs to start giving players a run just to see where they're at. Um, and I agree with you. I think he's been given a free pass from both the Eagles and from the the blowtorch that he could have really copped or could continue hmm. to cop. Um, like like they would in the Eastern States. So I think he's been kind of given that, that uh, yeah, like you said, free pass. But look, I just want to see, I think we're seeing some parts of it. We're seeing, you know, a more direct game plan, even though it's coming with turnovers. We're seeing young younger guys getting a game. Um, and that, that's, the, that's what you want to see. You want to see changes occurring. Um, I think he'll have until mid next year for something to be more obvious, though, I think. You know what I mean? I think there will have to be list changes come the end of the year of mm-hmm. older players and useless list cloggers. And then we'll have to get some results in that, even if it's a 50% win ratio for that first 11 rounds or, you know, mm. not that it's possible, obviously, with 11 rounds, but something along those lines. <laughs> come on, Simo, um, sort it out. Mm. Five and five and a draw, thank <laughs> you very much. Yeah, uh, exactly. A, a draw, at least. <laughs> yeah. If you want to have my thoughts, which I'm almost certain nobody does, and if you've got a few hours to spare, I wrote out a very, very long post at the request of somebody on Big Footy this week uh, to sort of put a bit of a ceasefire in place by spilling all my thoughts on the page. But yeah, look, I mean, I suppose in short, I don't. I think people are too quick to want to sack the coach. That doesn't mean that Simo's not now in trouble and in a hot seat sort of territory because he absolutely is, and it's right. It's fair enough. I'm with you. Look, if you told me he was sacked at the buy next year, I would I can see how that could play out. I can see where we go from here that leaves him out of a job at the buy next year. But similarly, you know, if they are giving him a bit of a free pass and for this year that is, and we do start to see signs, signs that we're already seeing, a little bit of aggression through the corridor and you know, they were very adamant that they were changing the game plan in the preseason. So if we see more of that and if they get a bit of a clean slate, then I think it's very reasonable he might see out the, the year next year. There's no chance he's going before the end of next uh, before the end of this year. Let's just say that, and I think the buy early next year. That's sort of where I'm at for for the Simo stuff. Shall we get into the footy then? We'll get we'll get things back on field this Sunday. The West Coast Eagles go to the MCG. They play Hawthorne. It is in the dead time slot in Sunday, like early Sunday morning, as it deserves. But uh, Bender, the news for this one and the, the great story out of this one for Eagles fans, it is the debut of Jai Cully. They have announced it. They have confirmed it four, five, six weeks ago. You know, we picked him in the mid-season draft and a little bit of mixed waffle form. He's shown some signs, but it looks like they're just going to go, no, nah, no, nah, we'll, we'll see what we've got. We'll expose you and just see how things go. So what do you want to see from Jai Cully? Uh, look, I just I just get a run around the ball. I don't want to see him, obviously, playing 
playing half forward flank, which you know we we all love to go on, but about how we misuse our midfielders early days there, um, which you know is it's a, a a mechanism of getting them into the game without putting them throwing them straight in the fire. You know what I mean? But it'd be good to see him around some stoppages. Yeah. Um, from from his waffle form, he, he looks capable, but this is you know the two games that I've watched of him the in the Claremont game and and the Eastperth game on the weekend they tend to put a fairly big experienced decent player running on him you know what I mean they've taken him yeah. seriously it hasn't just been like you know someone like True that, that has, has got like another waffle kind of lesser like they've put their their better midfields on him and he's done okay um, but obviously he's adjusting to it he's, and, and everyone with you know what? What we don't take into account is that well, a lot of some people don't take into account anyway. Is that he's he's come across from a a league where he's playing against other kids, and he's come across to play against adults, and he's adjusting and he's getting there. But yeah, I, look, I think he's it, it was fairly similar to the true selection, but obviously more so with the idea that he's definitely going to be on the list next year. But yeah, get mm. him in there, give him a run, see how he goes. I think it's going to be good for him. At least he's he debut in front of family um, and over east. Yeah, I think I think it's going to be interesting. I'm really looking forward to seeing how he goes. And it's a bit hindsight in terms of they took him over last trip. They took him for that Richmond trip. And you wonder if that was with the view to this, you know, almost irrespective of your waffle form. We'll get you over. We'll show you how game day works. We'll show you how, you know, you prep for it and all of that. Come back in, play a waffle game, get ready, and then we're taking you over next time. As you say, debut in front of friends and family, which is a really good point, actually. I've not considered that. You know, big debuts, you often think, Chuck them at home, let them experience the crowd. But that's a really good point, that one. And I guess the true comparison is an interesting one. He was named on the half-forward flank on the team list, I suppose, when he had his debut game. Obviously, as we know, played predominantly on the ball, a lot of centre bounce attendances, things like that. So I'll wait and see. I'm not going to slam them for the you know the, the 18 magnets that they throw up on Twitter or whatever. It's never correct. So yeah, we'll wait and see it. what happens on that one. The other ins then, or at least the confirmed... Ins, I suppose what I'm reading is the confirmed ins. Cripps is, is an in. Now, he was a very late out last week. I think that one's take it as red. Jamison as well coming in for Nick Nat. The out so far, Nat Nui, obviously, that one's, you know, straight swap. Petrocelli is out with the hamstring. Very disappointing for him. And again, just another chapter in the career of Petch. Almost. He just can't quite get a run at it for one reason or another. And Willie Rioli is, of course, unfortunately out due to personal reasons. Very, you know, makes sense. Very reasonable. So uh, we'll, we'll see him when we see him. All the best to Willie. Beyond that, they're the three changes, I suppose, that look most likely to me. Bender, is there anything else you want to see? The other options, of course, Jackson Nelson, Xavier O'Neill, uh, Witherden is there, and also Clark as the sub from last week, Greg Clark. So those would be the other options. Is there a further change that you can see in that one? Uh, look, I'm not sure if um, Witherden and Nelson are going to survive the final cut into the team. I think they're more emergencies mm. at this point. From their their waffle form, they nothing outstanding, you know. So I don't think they're going to make their way into the side, and I don't think positionally they we 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 need them with the outs. Put it that way. Um, yep. O'Neill, um, you know, if if we're going on, give him a run, and your waffle form's been half decent. He, you know, he he was no worse or than than Cully on the weekend. So no. look, I think he's. He's he's put in uh, I don't know a, a solid couple of weeks of um of waffle um without being outstanding much the same as true um I'd be I'd be really interested to see if they 
you know, if they bring in that many young players in the midfield, I think it would, if I if they did, you'd be like, oh, oh, well, this is good. They're they're trying something, but I'm not sure if they'll go to that extent. It just seems to go against the kind of thing that Simo generally does. You know what I mean? He seems to play a little bit safer, but um, mm. I'm hoping O'Neill comes in for a run because I think he deserves it. It's that classic "don't go too far the other way" thing that we've uh, bemoaned, I suppose, over the years. Miguel in the comments saying O'Neill's waffle form since coming back from injury has been very good. Certainly heard good thing. I'm not an avid waffle watcher. I'll catch a game here or there, and I did see a decent game he played a couple of weeks ago. He's also gotten yeah. a lot bigger. Like he's he's a big boy. He's you know I don't know where that's been hiding, but get him in big body inside midfielder. We've been looking for. Oh, it's the there. shaved head or whatever. Might be that. But it's yeah, just he the um, He's yeah. I think um, I don't know. Was it a leg injury? He was out for, and he's just been doing upper body lifting work but he he looks in really good shape mm. now is that for i mean obviously fan opinion on gaff and club sentiment towards gaff seem to be quite you know far apart but is it o'neill for gaff or is it an o'neill for redden or somebody like this you know do you think as you say they don't typically go too far the other way for lack of a better phrase but if if they were to just try and get some of the kids in bring <laughs> them in kick the tires for a few weeks like, is it red and where, where's the change? Where do you think they're going to find space for somebody like O'Neill? Yeah, I don't know. It's a fair question. I, it's look, I would say my preference would, would be Gaff, but I just mm. it, it, it just feels I think with with Cully coming in, it feels like they're that's the that's the big change they're willing to make. I don't think they're yeah. going to do the whole typical too far the other way stuff where they won't they won't bring him in. But if you did, my preference would be. For Redden, I think he's a, a similar sort of player. You know, he's blue collar. He, he's probably more of a, not a huge clearance player, but he's there to to make room and and do what he has to do. Um, but you no, know, Redden's hardly hardly been our worst player. Um, Gaff is. Mm. I just don't think it's a light for light for Gaff. I don't think. I think it's too much to jump jump on just Gaff. Yeah, I don't really see who he'll push out. So yeah, it's a tough cause, and I, yeah, I don't know to be honest. Now let's take a look at the Hawks, and this is a team that at the start of the season, obviously they got Sam Mitchell in, and that's a little bit of a, a battle unto itself. I'm sure Big Footy's going to be very mature and above board about that. We're not going to hear any bullshit about 2018. But they start the year with wins against the Roos and Port Adelaide. Port obviously in a very dire stretch to start the season. Got an early season win against Geelong, which looks fantastic. And that's, you know, they're coming to round five. They're three and two. Since then, they've scraped past the Lions in Tassie. And then they got a, a pretty solid win last week against Adelaide. That was sort of watching that one as I went to the footy of the Eagles game on the weekend and really got a hold of them early and just sort of cruised out to a bit of a victory. For a team that started three and two, you look at their, you know, they've only got five wins now. Fallen away a bit. They look like a younger team. They look like that bottom four chance that people sort of thought they might be. But again, the names on paper are not actually that bad. I know they're not in full-blown, you know, they're not at the backside of a rebuild by any stretch. They've not come out of it, but there's still good names there. And even their half-back line, their midfield, like this is a team that you look at and think they should be able to move the ball. I've been pretty bullish on our chances in this one over the weeks, but now that I'm looking at their list, I'm starting to get a little bit concerned. Um, I liken them to Essendon a fair bit in that they move the ball fast and they they leave mm. themselves open for a counter. Um, I think, mm. unfortunately, their, their defence, well, not unfortunately, but not good for them, they leave their defence open for a counterpunch, um, which you know is, is a symptom of moving the ball fast out of the back and if everyone moves forward. Um, when I looked at their ladder position today, I'd, I'd, to be honest with you, I don't, the, outside of the top eight, really, on the bottom bottom bunch, I was surprised to see them at 14th after their start to the season. I thought they were going to be more of that kind of, you know, 
10, 11, 12 bracket kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I, I think on paper, they, um, like you said, they look a lot better than they should. So, mm. but I don't think they're quite getting to the point that they want to be at. That's for sure. I think they're, they're beatable. Um, and, but even in their, some of their losses, they've only been, been small. So I still think they're a couple of years off, off being a decent team. Uh, I'm looking forward. We, we do this every time we play Collingwood. I have to read a lot of stuff about how Brody Majacek's a crab and he's one of the worst forwards in football and we always make him look good. I look forward to the Mitch Lewis chat this week because he averages three goals a game this season, second in the league in terms of goals per game. Kicked five last week in the first half and didn't add to it after that. But, you know, he's kicked five, he's a couple of bags of four this year. I think he's had multiple bags of five as well. This is a guy, tall guy, can get a hold of people. You think that's the Barras matchup. Again, I don't want to see Harry Edwards just thrown to the wolves and destroyed. I know he's a bit bit of a younger kid sort of thing in terms of uh, Lewis. He's not exactly you know Cameron or Hawkins or any of these guys we've asked Edwards to play on before, but that's a big guy. That's a guy in form, and you, you kind of feel they need to learn from their experience against Carlton. Otherwise, we're just going to see a key forward completely dominate yet again. Yeah, I think, um, you know, he's obviously an half after part and I was surprised because I only watched the first half as well before the Eagles game and I was surprised he didn't really get that mm. much more on after. Um, but it all comes down to the pressure up the field as to how they're going to perform our backs anyway. So if they can kind of put that pressure on the mids and make sure it's not coming in so clean, then who knows what could happen. But yeah, I, I do like the older... We, we, we always seems to have, anyway, from a, a big footy perspective, how we, we play crap players into form. Is he going to be that player this week? Or, you know, but, well, I guess we'll have to wait and see. But um, I don't know if, if I'm not sure who the other key post is for um the forwards for for Hawthorne. So I don't know, don't see why what's his name Barras might not end up with him anyway. Yeah, that's probably going to be the likely matchup. Um, mm. Swinging it down to the back half, uh, we've talked about Ryan already in buy sell hold Waterman as well. You know, we're pretty into where what he's been dishing out lately. Cripps back in the side, so that's a nice thing to see. But the Hawthorne rebounders, you know, Hardwick, Sicily, Jaff, it's a great group. It's a group that can move it quickly. It's like you say, it's that Essendon thing of when they go, they go. And you wonder, we don't really do the negating half forward role anymore, but these are guys that have a good tank and and our guys have a good tank. It could be a matchup where they just run all day. So I suppose, how do you see them? How are we going to try and stop them carving us up off half back, basically? Yeah, they're definitely going to need to put extra attention into Hardwick and um and Jath as well. Um, I'd be we, we've brought players back in off a week off for health and safety protocols and the way mm-hmm. that we were putting it at the start of the year. And I'm wondering how how well Cripps is going to run out of the game. He was obviously on fire yeah. before he's had the week off. Um, sadly, I think Petrocelli looked like he did a a really good what you would call a job despite being the forward on on Saad last week. He would have been a good good mix, uh, good matchup for either one of those two. Um, I'm hoping that we can make them more accountable uh, or hurt on the turnover, and then which then makes them more accountable. Um, but it's going to be tough. They're just like you said, they're they're all guns blazing, take off from the from the back half. Um, we're just going to make sure that that they can keep up with them, I guess, or put the pressure on at least. And then I'm just going through the stats from last week for the Hawks, and I mean some of the disposal numbers. I don't know how that game played out after halftime. Like you said, that was pretty much when the Eagles game started. But some of the disposal numbers are through the roof and a lot of defenders in here. Hardwick, 
Scrimshaw, Jats, Sicily, like they're moving the ball off the half back line. Even their midfield, Tom Mitchell, obviously in the past has been a, a, a Brownlow winner, very prolific ball getter. He's got his shortcomings, but you look at guys like him, you look at O'Meara, uh, what are they going to do there? You know, how the egg was going to stack up. I thought Shuey's been playing good footy of late. Kelly's been playing pretty good footy of late, a little bit quiet on the weekend, but he's been playing decent footy. The ruck battle is going to be one where you probably put a line through us and say, no, Nick Nat, we're going to watch that williams Jamison experiment again. But the midfield battle, it's one where three, four years ago on paper, it would have been electric. Now, kind of give it to the Hawks, but we'll wait and see what version, I suppose, of, of Kelly and Shuey and you know maybe even Cully or maybe True or these sorts of guys. Let's see what they've got, I guess. Yeah, the the midfield battle, look, I still think, um, you know, I'm not saying that they're, they're, they're poor players or anything, but I think we match up well with Omara, Omira and um, and Mitchell. Um, both mm. Kelly and Shuey, I think, like you said, they've, you know, they're, they're in decent form. Kelly not so much this week, week before, obviously on fire. But I think we match up well with those two guys. I don't think they're super fast. Um, you know, Mitchell's obviously really good as a contested ball winner. Um, but I think we match up well with them. But you're right, the the ruck is is where the issue is going to be more than anything this week. Um, but look, they'll just have to ride it out and do their best. If they can halve the contest, that's what you want from your young rucks. You just want to make it a 50-50. If you don't want to stop McAvoy putting, putting down the throat of his midfielders, if we could, if they can stop that, then then that's what we want, you know? Um, and they will go a long way from there, hopefully. It's not really a Hawks-specific question, but it's more in terms of the selection for the Hawks game and what that represents. What do you take away for the guys that aren't in on, on this? They're not in the list of emergencies or they're not in the extended bench. Um, we had a question earlier on about Naish, who obviously featured heavily, uh, about Dixon. There's been, I don't think rumours, I think it's been confirmed that Stranatic is going to finish up with us at some point if he hasn't already. So, yep. you know, th- there's guys that featured for us early on in the season that seem to have fallen out of favour. Uh, a guy like Connor West, he'll be around. He's injured. We know what's going on there. Obviously, the long-term injury guys, that's one thing. But where does that leave your Nelsons and your Withertons and your Naishes or... Dixon, we've seen him play in the ruck, but they're going to Jamison and trying to see what they've got with that. Where does that leave these sorts of guys, I guess, if they're not getting into the team for the more experimental part of the season? Yeah, I think the writing's on the wall for Dixon. Um, I think he showed some, a couple of promising patches in early games, but I don't think he's going to get back into it. Um, Naish is, is, look, he's a funny one, and I was watching the... the um, the waffle game on the weekend and he almost does one outstanding thing and then two terrible things. You know, he's just, he, he's massively long kick, but then he'll hand pass it to someone who's under more pressure than he is. You know what I mean? Or something mm. along those lines. Um, I think he's got potential. Um, is it something worth persisting with? Uh, look, I think so, but I don't know. The coaches obviously know more than we do in terms of him. Um, but Nelson, I think Nelson can't make his way into the team because I'd, at this point anyway, because we have his position covered. You know what I mean? I know people mm. like to jump on him because he's, you know, in a perfect world, Nelson's not in their best 22. You know, that, that's the Absolutely way Absolutely not. But, um, yeah, but I think as a depth player, I think he's more than capable when he has to come in and do what he needs to do. Um, I, so I don't think there's any worry for him. I just don't think there's a spot for him on the team this week, unfortunately. Let me just quickly on the fly, we will bring things back to the Hawks game and do our tips in just a sec, but... While we're going through names and, and options like that, uh, contracted until the end of this year. I'm trying to scroll down and see people that are not playing. Uh, Shuey, that's a separate discussion. Rioli, Nat Nui, that's a discussion, but obviously I think they're fine. Uh, Bailey Williams, he's definitely getting a lot of uh, opportunity. 
So he's he's playing good for him. This is all, by the way, from the contracts thread on Big Footy. Uh, so Witherden, Winder, and Nelson. You've just done Nelson there. A guy like Witherden and also a guy like Izzy Winder, not featuring in and around the team at the moment. Some injury clouds and you know some situations that the club seemingly don't talk about, but they're not in the picture right now. I guess where does that leave those guys in your mind? Yeah, Wind is a bit of a sad one because I thought he, you know, he has potential, but obviously it's, it's obviously in short glimpses. Mm. You know, you don't really see the consistent drug consistency in his waffle form. Uh, look with it, and I don't know. I think there's again, uh, he, he's there's something there to work with. I don't know if he just doesn't work in our system, um, but yeah. Sadly, I don't think he's going to get another contract. I think he had his chance in the first half of the year. It hasn't worked out for him. And he's just he's just not accountable enough for our game mm. style at the moment. Uh, and then going down a list of other guys who are uh, contracted to our knowledge until the end of this season, but not featuring. Dixon, we've discussed. Tom Joyce just hasn't had a run at it. It's just not going to work out, unfortunately, which is a real shame. Yeah. Uh, Stranatica, we discussed. And then, and then Nash. So really everybody is getting an opportunity. And it's the sort of thing now, I guess, if you're good enough or you can show us enough, you, you're probably going to have a good crack. And hopefully, Bender, it leads to some exciting footy on, on the back half of the season. So with that, let's get into our tips. I was very bullish on this game for weeks. I've talked up how we're going to beat the Hawks and we're going to beat the Crows. Then Nick Nat was out. I know he wasn't in good form last week, but I'm a big Nick Nat guy. So I'll have a think about my tip. You can lead us off if you'd like. So who do you reckon is going to win and, and what eagle is going to impress us the most? I'm going to go Eagles by under three goals I still look I think I'm still on the the thought of we we've got two more wins in us um I I thought it would be I thought we could get some lucky prey last week but I Mm. I don't think it obviously worked out (laughs) clearly um but even you know you you take Rioli and and Natanui out of the side it's a tough ask isn't it um my person to watch uh who I think a big game from is I'm hoping it's going to be from Duggan again I'm hoping he's going to build on last week um and he's going to you know, really stamp his authority on that back line. That would be fantastic. But the excitement comes from from uh, seeing Cully debut and, and seeing what he can do. Yeah, and I don't know that he's going to be our most impressive, although you never know. You know, Hoff's had some games where he's really impressed us, so the kids can certainly do it. But he's the one that Eagles fans will be looking to the most. A uh, quick read-through of some comments just before I do my tip for the Hawks game. Uh, one great kick and then one butchered kick. That's Nash's problem, says Owen. And that's pretty much there what you said, Bender. Uh, Winder not making the 22 when Rioli and Petra are unavailable and Jones and Petrescu seaton have been converted into Backman basically spells the end for him and that's a very fair comment there uh, and then Matt says did they let Nelson get to 100 games as a parting gift to his career he's a good lad, lad Jackson Nelson I don't want to hear any Jackson Nelson slander but uh, I think yeah that's probably a fair assessment as well in, in all fairness uh, right the rest of the season the list of winnable games are Adelaide it's the Hawks game. And there's a version of the St Kilda game where we could win because the Saints are bipolar. You never know what the Saints are going to turn up. There's a version where they just come up and don't even play. So they're our two and a half winnable games for the season. i got to do it. We're going to win. We're going to win. We'll win by, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Some, similar to you, 10 points, 18 points, somewhere in that range, a couple of kicks. I mean, look, there's there's players, there's talent, there's all Australian talent as well, let's be fair, to Hawthorne, you know, especially on that rebounding back line. But Kennedy's kicking some goals. Jack Darling's playing in decent form. If they can just be smart and say, you know what, we're going to lose the ruck hit out or we're going to halve it, let's not set up like we're going to get a hit out to advantage. There's no reason they can't compete in the midfield. 
The Tigers' midfield looks great on paper, and we saw the Eagles absolutely demolish them. And, yeah, some of that was with Nick, but some of it wasn't. You know, Some of it was just Kelly having a great game, Shuey lifting, things like that. So why not? We've got two guys on the podcast this week, both giving the Eagles to win. I can't expect that's happened too many times this year. Uh, I really, really, really hope we're right because, fuck, I don't know what's going to happen otherwise. But, uh, yeah, let's <laughs> say that. And, look, obviously, Cully, I want to see Cully do well. Uh, Jack Darling, why not? He's been very good for us, and sometimes when the goals don't start to tick over, people get a bit worried about him. But he's been really good for us. Just get kick a bag, man. Just get out there and kick an absolute bag. Why not? Let's have it. Uh, Bailey in the centre and Jack Darling to do some boundary hitouts, says Owen. Maybe a change of role. we got Jamison flying around as well. I'm interested to see what Jamo gives us because he was very, very tired when we last saw him, and he did need a rest. So hopefully that ruck battle does work out a little bit, and we'll, we won't see what happens there. But... Uh, I reckon that will do us for now, and we'll uh, we'll have to catch back up on Sunday and, and see what's happening with the Eagles. Thank you very much to everybody for jumping in the comments. Thank you everybody uh, everybody listening after the fact as well. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get podcasts from. We're on Twitter, we're on Twitch, we're on Facebook. Apologies that we weren't actually on Twitter today because it's uh, tech support, but I'll get cracking on that one. And Bender, big thanks to yourself. Thank you for coming back on the show. Always a pleasure. Thanks for having me on. No worries. Well, that will do us for now, guys. We'll talk to you next week. We'll recap all the news. I'm sure there'll be more on Simo. There'll be more smoke and fire and noise about him going to North. And who knows, you may be contracted for another decade by the time we get uh, to next week's show. But thanks for jumping on and we will talk to you in a bit. Bye for now.